recognize beauty in the world around us. We find it in music, art, theater, and dance. Very often, these make us feel big emotions. Does this point to something more? Welcome to Reasonable Faith. My name is Jillian Brown, and I will be guiding in our conversations as we talk about the necessary existence of God. Different art forms speak to different people. My roommate, Casey, is an amazing artist. She's an especially phenomenal painter. So I asked her about her experience with beauty in the arts. So yeah, I listen to music based on kind of what I'm feeling, and it just kind of revamps those emotions, and it like, I don't know, it puts my emotions into perspective for me in a way that I can't do for myself. Like the emotions display my own music and my own feelings because I can't do that. Yeah, so listening to music definitely gives me the same feeling that art can, just that out-of-body experience where you listen to it and it just, deeper than you should describe, you just know that music just pulls you to something farther than yourself. Personally, as an art student, that's something that I definitely experience a lot, just this overwhelming feeling. You can't even word it, you just look at something or you're working on a piece of art and you're just like, this is amazing. It's not necessarily that the work is good, it's just an out-of-body experience. Like, you look at something and you're just like, this is... Yeah, like, you can't even word it. It's just this feeling. So I definitely feel that a lot when I'm working on my own work, when I'm watching other people around me work and just create beautiful things. Um, One story specifically, recently in our art history class with Dr. Livingston, we were going over Byzantine churches, and her and her group, like, her tour group or whatever... They went to this church, and she was discussing about how when they walked in, it was just so overwhelmingly just incredible that one lady in her group even just burst into tears. It was just that overwhelming. And there was another church. It was, I think it was Hagia Sophia, something like that, where you just walk in. And it's a combination of, like, the lighting and, like, the mosaics on the walls and even, like, the acoustics, like, everything. It's the interior design. It's the art. It's just, it just all comes into play, and it just creates this sense of, like, wow, that you just can't even describe. You get that feeling, and you're just like, this is something more than human. It's just beyond anything that we can create. Like, we create the art, but it points to something farther than us, just deeper than us, that we can't describe. So this argument for God's existence isn't so much based on ideas as it is on a nearly universal human experience the compelling feeling of transcendence when we are moved by beauty. When we hear a powerful performance or a particularly beautiful piece of music, our hearts are stirred with a kind of yearning or longing and a poignant kind of joy. The feeling of wonder that beauty can elicit stirs us to believe that there is something more. When we are not in a state that beauty can provoke in us, it may not seem like a very powerful argument, because technically speaking, It isn't an argument, it's an experience. But when we are in a state of wonder, no argument can convince us that it isn't happening, and no argument to believe in something more seems necessary. That there is something more is as obvious to us as our own existence. I wanted another artist's perspective, someone who knows the arts well and has made a career out of presenting beauty to others. So, I spoke to my acting professor, H.D. He is an actor himself and a director, among many other things. I stopped by his office to see what he thought of this argument. 
the ancient Greeks used to call it the muse, right? Um, and, you know, being, being inspired. Um, I mean, I've heard lots of people talk about the fact, say, I like to do some writing as well. So I've heard people, lots of people talk about the fact that you just have to write on a regular basis. But for me, I do have to be kind of inspired. I think I'm finding more and more to do effective writing. I have to dwell in something for a while. Like right now, I'm working on a project and I'm in the research phase, um, the phase of just uh, reading stories and interviews and um, kind of trying to get caught up in the the wonder, if you will, of individuals and their experience uh, in order to relay some ideas and truths that I want to relay within a script. Um, honestly, I think it comes from different places for different artists. And I do think that artists receive uh, inspiration both from the outside and the inside. Um, you know, you can be taking a, a walk and see a glint of sunlight uh, off the water on some gorgeous trees in the fall. And that makes your heart sore and makes you want to write a poem, you know. Or you can um, be sitting in your room and be encountered by a presence that you don't understand, um, something, uh, some kind of palpable feeling or emotion, you know, listening to music and um, watching uh, plays and films where a moment will carry me away and I will get lost in the experience. I have to say that as a, a teacher of theater, it has become a little more rare because I tend to watch uh, I, I'm critiquing a little more than I used to, you know, but there's still times when I will get, you know, wrapped in a performance and, um, you know, just, just feel taken away uh, by beauty. And yes, I do think that that is powerful need for, desire for, uh, I don't know, confirmation of maybe transcendence in the universe of something greater than ourselves for sure. Um and that would be, for me, that is a more effective way, I think, of talking about God than a didactic or, or logical argument, which for me, you know, really sort of later in my life, I think, has become less important. For some, it might become more important, but for me, because of the path I'm on in the arts, I think being swept away by beauty is what I look for. I don't mean to ignore the philosophical and the logical, but it just doesn't maybe appeal to me quite as much. You know, I, I don't, every once in a while, I'll listen to a good sermon or a really good lecture and I'll go, wow, that was an amazing point that so-and-so made. Um, but it's more often going to be a painting or a, or a, um, symphony or a piece of jazz or a piece of classic rock. I have very wide tastes um, when it comes to art um, or a, a moment in a film or what's very effective for me too. And I've told our 
dance department this that I cannot I I don't I have two left feet I can't dance and so and I wish I could um, so when I see uh, people moving so beautifully on a stage through space and making um, the space look light beautiful airy um, or choreographed in some amazing way it really appeals to me in a part of myself that I don't understand uh, logically but a part of me that I respond to um, and appreciate very much so I will tend to be moved very much by a piece of uh, a beautiful dance piece so well, it happens for me. It happens all the time, really. You know, and and sometimes it's in little moments. You know, I'll be going along and I'll listen to a piece on the radio, like I listened to um, Sarah Bareilles um, singing, um, sitting on the, and it was not one of her musical pieces from a, from the waitress or anything like that, but she was singing a um, rendition with piano of sitting on the dock of the bay, I think in some club in San Francisco. And it was, it was just so moving, just the way she, you know, captured that piece. And it was her unique twist on the piece. Her, her experience as a human, um, I would say infused with transcendence, was captured in that piece, you know, and um, which moved me in turn tremendously just sitting in the car. And I've told a number of people about it since then. Actually, quite a few, I'll say to students, have you heard her do this? You know, and there's no guarantee that it would affect them the same way because I was coming to the piece from my own place that day that time and that's also one of the wonderful and unique things about art and is that it can affect people at different places and different times based on their experience those emotional uh and powerful uh moments when i'm receiving something of grace or beauty or wonder or love are the ones that sweep me up you know and the ones that help take me uh, beyond to a place where I would say, yeah, God exists. How could God not exist when I'm feeling this? My dad in addition to being familiar with this argument, was also a theater major in undergrad. So I asked him to tell me more about the argument from beauty. So this argument is of a very different kind from any of the others that you've looked at. Just like Anselm's argument's of a different kind, this one's of a different kind. The argument from beauty doesn't have to do with convincing you based on some you know reality that you encounter outside of yourself 
the argument from beauty has to do with an experience that you have inside your heart. And it asks the question, why does everybody have that experience? So beauty is either something that's physical and tangible that we look at and appreciate aesthetically. We look at the world and we're like, boy, the fall foliage is just so pretty. Or you stand by the ocean and it's very, you know, the sun setting behind the ocean or rising from the ocean. It's gorgeous. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. Or you stand at the top of a mountain, you look out. So those are all aesthetic experiences. Or uh, there can be a auditory experience where you hear, you know, particularly music. Although you can have a similar experience if you're like in the wilderness and you listen to the songs of birds. But the the auditory experience, particularly of music, is one that tends to be very emotionally moving. So when you see something that is profoundly beautiful or you hear something that is profoundly beautiful, it is very common to have a kind of uh, strange emotional reaction um, that, that lifts the heart out of the mundane Life doesn't feel normal in that moment of, of profound beauty. You feel lifted up. And the word for it is transcendence, where you are, you come beyond the, the normal plane of, of reality and normal thinking. And you have this experience of awe and wonder and uh, joy it's typically a very, very strong, good emotional experience. And this argument doesn't so much say, well, let me try and convince you that God is real. Instead, it says, you already know that God is real because of your experiences of beauty. You've already had experiences that have lifted you out of the mundane and what were you experiencing when you had that experience? What was happening to you? What was going on inside of your heart and why was it there? A person who is in the midst of that experience, it feels reasonable and rational to say there is more to this world than the mundane experience suggests. There's something else, something beyond, something bigger than just what I can see and smell and touch in my normal day-to-day -day life. I've encountered something that makes me aware of this other plane. And the moment the mind starts thinking that way and admitting to this otherness that's beyond this world, that person who's in that experience generally doesn't have to be talked into the existence of God. They would have to be ta talked out of it while they're in that experience because it just seems obvious. So the argument from beauty isn't, let me convince you there is a God. The argument from beauty is much more, let me, let me remind you of what you have experienced. You've had these moments of transcendence. Are you willing to accept that that actually happened to you and to what does that transcendent experience point what are you 
What are you experiencing when you're so deeply moved that way? Because that's suggestive of an experience with God himself. And the argument from beauty says, you've already met God. You may not know his name or much about him. But in these moments of transcendence, you've encountered him. And it's actually less rational to deny your own experiences than it is to admit that that thing happened to you and was real. So, our emotions point us to something bigger than ourselves. We can sense that there must be a God. Therefore, it is reasonable to believe in God. Thank you for listening to Reasonable Faith, a beginner's exploration of classical apologetics. If you found this podcast helpful, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving a five-star review. See you next time.